everybody and welcome to the newest episode of Muddling Through. It is a glorious day in the sunshine today. We are now in the full swing of the summer. Sorry, this sounds a bit like a radio tannoy from like Greece. Weather report. (laughs) Sorry, what is going on? That was very bizarre. Um, Me and Antoinette are actually not together this evening because... We were both working today and it just ended up being a little bit of a trek to get to each other's houses. So we're actually doing this on Zoom. So yeah, Antonia, how has your week been? Well, Charlotte, my week has been quite good so far. I've got lots of plans for this evening. I feel like I'm seeing Charlotte like almost every single day, which, you know, is a chore, but we must. When do you not see me every single day? I think at the moment I probably see you twice or three times a week. No, genuinely, we were having this conversation. I was like, because we were maybe going to do something a couple weekends ago, and I was like, oh, I actually feel like I haven't seen Sean in ages. Like, I think I might just like see him this weekend. And I was like, yeah, I actually think I've seen you more than Sean, which is so true, Honestly, even though we look together. I feel like we might still be in a relationship, and it makes me happy though because I feel like I was slightly concerned that when we stopped living together, we wouldn't see each other as much. And then obviously you moved here, and I was like, oh, it'll be fine. But like, you know, our flat's quite far away. But like, we still might not see each other that much. Yeah, no, all the time. All the time. All the time. But yeah, not as exciting as your week, Charlotte. Tell us about your trip to Aaron. Oh, guys, I was in Aaron last week and it was absolutely blissful. I feel like I really just needed a break from Edinburgh. Like, I love Edinburgh. It's, it's lovely, whatever. But I didn't even need, like, a holiday to the sun, like, a broad escape. Like, I just needed some good old Scottish, hearty landscapes and like just some nice walks and stuff and it was just blissful we played loads of games i won at scrabble i have never been so proud of myself in my life that is impressive scrabble it's impossible and played some cards we claimed goat fell and it was honestly probably the worst weather like it was fine temperature wise but for the last like two kilometers you just literally couldn't see anything and then after we got back down I listened to this voice note from Antonio that was like oh yeah you'll love climbing Goldfell like the views are amazing blah, blah blah and I was like well we saw nothing so that was disappointing but it was a good walk nonetheless so if you're in Aaron then I would definitely recommend doing that but yeah it was a blissful week it was a great time and now back home working ready to go to Portugal this weekend so a life of luxury life having, a, having a good time so today we are going to be talking about our biggest insecurities which sounds like a bit of a scary topic but um it's something that we have been discussing between ourselves a lot more recently and i feel like they are just generally heightened in the summer and we've been chatting to some of our friends about it as well so antonia what kind of stuff are we going to speak about yeah um so like charlotte said i feel like this is a topic that i've definitely been speaking about a lot with my friends and with my sisters as well so we kind of just wanted to cover the aspects that we feel insecure about or we know that our friends feel insecure about and just you know have a conversation about it because I think when you hear somebody else talking about their insecurities and the ways that they deal with it it can make you feel better about yours and also more aware about yours and how to deal with them as well so we're going to talk a bit about body image skin hair brain I don't even know what to call that (laughs) section. your brain (laughs) I've got a story to share about the brain later oh um and also a little bit about emotional intimacy as well so yeah so starting off with body image um Charlotte I know that you're saying that you feel like 
whenever Love Island comes on and starts again every year, you kind of feel yourself being more self-conscious of your body. Sorry, can I just add a side note? Um, I've got really bad hay fever at the moment. This happened last year. Well, I've got hay fever, so really it's going to happen every year. Last year, it was very bad. This year, I think it's like kind of okay. If anyone's not tried Olivier, I'd highly recommend any apologies for the nasal. Going back to the topic at hand, Charlotte, please talk to us about that. Yeah, I think there's some, it's something about Love Island. Like, to be fair, as a programme, I quite enjoy it. It's a nice bit of, a bit of binging. But I do feel like every year when it comes around, it does just make me feel quite shit about myself. And I do feel like it's because, like, realistically, it's not a very diverse group of people. They're all quite similar, like, shapes and sizes. And generally, all the girls are in, like, great nick. Like, that's unreal for them. But it does just make me feel very insecure because like like you said like I'm going on holiday the weekend and I'm already panicking like I don't want to be in a bikini like I know I won't look like that like especially over the last maybe two years like since lockdown especially I've put on loads of weight and we both started working and obviously when you're working you're sitting down a lot more especially in the winter you're not going out in the evenings you're not going out at lunch you're not going for walks and it doesn't matter what shape or size you are and I know that generally I have a body shape that is accepted by society but that doesn't mean that I can't feel insecure about it and at the moment in this current state of mind that I am I am feeling insecure about it and it totally like for example ruined one of my lovely days on Aaron that I was speaking about already um, because we went to these stunning fairy pools up the hill and we were all really wanting to swim in them and I got in my swimsuit and I was like yeah let's go in the fairy pools and we had honestly the nicest like hour or whatever just like paddling around and Liz's mum had taken some pictures and whatever and she was showing me them afterwards and I was like oh my gosh I was like oh my gosh I look horrendous like you know when you're just all your self-worth and your self-belief or whatever just plummets and I was like you need to delete that and she was like why you look so nice and I was like please can you just delete that like just I just don't like it I don't want to see it and it completely tainted my whole experience of this lovely afternoon because of how insecure I felt about it and I do feel like a way to like you said earlier is to discuss these insecurities with other people because that is a great way of tackling them yeah completely it is honestly the worst when there's like an off off candid no it would be candid wouldn't it yeah. I've got a photo taken of you like I think I've mentioned this before but my family do a yearly photo book um of just basically all the events that have happened in that year and it's mostly photos picked by my mum and dad or like we can send in some of our own if we want but my mum and dad I genuinely think like just take photos to and put them in to just like piss me off they're just always so bad and they will always be a side angle which is an angle that I'm always self-conscious about because I hate my chin and genuinely every single photo will be like from that angle and it'll make me feel so rubbish but yeah so I completely I completely relate to that but in reality like we should be just thinking about how that was such a good memory or like how you were having such a good day and something like that really really doesn't matter but it's so hard to not let that affect you so much 100% like even when we were out for dinner with one of our friends in the day and she was saying that she'd like tried on a pair of jeans before she came to meet us for dinner and they didn't fit and she was like really upset about it and she was like oh like I don't even want to come to dinner or, like she, something along those lines I can't remember what it was but like it it puts you, it, these kind of things just put you in a really negative mindset 
And Antonia said something that stuck with me, actually. And she was like, just pick something else that you like to wear. Like, just find something else that, like, brings you joy and like try to stick it out your mind and yeah exactly like you said just be in the present in that moment and think about the experiences and the things that you're doing rather than how you're looking but it's so it's so hard to do that yeah I um had like a similar thing like a couple weekends ago my friends and I were going out for dinner and I was like oh I'll just wear these jeans that I haven't worn in ages because they're quite summery and I put them on and they didn't fit they were like very tight and I was like oh that's kind of annoying um but like it's fine and then I went to go put on a pair that I wear all the time but I obviously just must not have worn jeans in ages and I was like oh quite bizarre these are rather tight too and then I had to like wear I ended up wearing just like like those stretchy black trousers that I have but I was like I'm actually like I'm not gonna let this bother me because I genuinely feel like it doesn't matter to me like more than anything it's actually just inconvenient that the clothes that I want to wear don't fit like I know that I have been having like a really good time with my friends enjoying my weekends and I was enjoying my weekend that weekend and I was like that's that's what I want to do I want to go out for food I want to feel comfortable and it really doesn't matter that my jeans don't fit 100% like I think one of the most important things to remember in this sense is that everybody's body type is different and that's okay. Like, I particularly needed someone to give me a kick up the arse and remind me of this. Recently, I went shopping with my friend Isla for her uh, boyfriend's, like, graduation. I think it was, like, a ball or something. And she picked out this, like, unreal Zara violet, like, two-piece suit. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like, that's amazing. But she's so petite. Like, she's super tiny. And the, like, size eight or size six or something was, like, drowning her. And I tried the same one on. And I was like oh my gosh I look like a marshmallow like it was I think it was the color I was like oh my gosh this is so bad and then I just felt so crap about myself and I think I just needed someone to remind me that like I could try something else on and I I would look not better than she would look that sounds wrong no you would there'll be like certain things that you would wear that she's like oh I wish I could wear it like that a hundred percent and I think yeah it's just important to remember that everybody's different like everybody's obviously not going to have the same shape and the same body type because that's like part of you as a person yeah definitely and obviously I feel like we all on the surface know that but sometimes we don't apply that logic to the situation and so yeah no I completely relate to that and obviously I think as women as well we can be particularly critical about ourselves and about our bodies um, and some time for some statistics uh, 62% of women and 53% of men feel insecure about their body image and that was a survey undertaken in UK Parliament in 2020 um, and I think that that was actually quite an increase from the surveys taken in previous years as well um, and I also read a Vogue article which said that men are 35% more likely than women to be insecure about their personalities or abilities, whereas women were 16.8% more likely to have felt insecurities about their bodies. And that's, I think, quite an interesting statistic because it kind of plays to the stereotypical idea that, you know, men are supposed to be like sporty or smart or strong and funny um, and women are supposed to look good and whilst like we are all aware that that's not the case and society is definitely progressing I think that those kind of ideas are still ingrained within us and affect how we view ourselves more potentially than we even think that they do 
Um, but the study also found that where insecurities were about body image, these were often brought on by other people's comments. So this could be things that people have said directly to them or as a result of someone saying something to somebody else in your presence or things that have been said in the media and where insecurities are about one's own personalities or abilities these insecurities have arisen from a feeling within yourself so that I thought was quite interesting as well because again that the fact that it's other people's comments or what you hear or what you're told is the case that just shows how it is so much of society's concept of beauty and how like beauty or attractiveness is totally a made-up concept because one second it means like super skinny and next second it means like super curvy and it's just what you're told and then you think that that's true whereas if it's about your ability or your personality that's kind of more a more like innate feeling if that makes sense I don't know I just thought it was very interesting but I think with um respect to the body image bit the fact that the study showed that it is by you know what you see and what you hear and what you read that impacts how you feel so much about yourself then it is so important to you know make what you are exposing yourself to like really positive and really representative because I know that when we spoke about this in season one like me and Charlotte both made such an effort to make our Instagram feeds way more representative and to follow lots of different Instagram accounts that were like really positive about body image and about self-love and self-acceptance and spoke a lot about like self-worth that's not just on the outside level on the inside level too and even if like I don't spend loads of time necessarily consciously paying attention to these posts all the time I think the fact that every single day to an extent I'll see like a photo or a reel or a video which is giving these positive like messages they have totally totally sunk in and it's not even like an effort because all you have to do in the first instance is make sure that you're following enough Instagram accounts and then your Instagram feed literally does like so much self-development work for you because you're literally absorbing this information all the time it's like you're doing self-development by osmosis or something because I honestly don't think like a year or two ago if I were like trying on my jeans and they didn't fit I would have had the same reaction because I've had so many times before like a night out or something like that when I've tried something on and I'm like oh I don't feel good like I don't feel like I look attractive in this like I hate I hate the way that I look in this and I would get so upset and I wouldn't want to go on the night out and this time I was just like well, you know, my clothes are supposed to fit me. I'm not supposed to fit my clothes. It doesn't matter if they don't fit. And I don't know, I felt like it was quite a big mental shift for me and I don't think it's just like a coincidence that that's happened. No, I completely agree with you. Like I said earlier, like obviously I have been feeling a bit more insecure than usual and I do think that has, to an extent, it sounds a bit dramatic, probably has stemmed from this whole Love Island chat. But I do like flicking through my phone on the bus home on the way to work or whatever and seeing a more representative and diverse feed and it it has also shifted my thoughts like on the whole kind of body image thing and I do think it's so positive and I would definitely highly recommend that you do that too. So another thing that I wanted to touch on briefly with regards to body image is skin and acne and spots and stuff like that because again I feel like this isn't something that people really speak about that much and I went through quite a hard time with my skin when I was a bit younger and I'm still kind of prone to the I was gonna say the odd pimple but I don't think I would call them pimples it's an American word pimple I got a pimple will you squeeze my zit um (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah I'm prone to like a couple spots or whatever and they still make me feel so insecure and bad about myself and I think kind of as Antonio was saying earlier this was enforced by 
other people because when I was at school there was this quote that went around on Facebook and I think it was meant to be like a boy saying it to like a girl like it was a weird like comic print thing and it was like you can wear as much makeup as you want we can still see the bumps on your forehead and at that specific time I had like really bad acne all over like around my hairline and I was like wow I used to wear so much makeup to try and cover up and I was honestly I just remember crying in my room one day thinking oh my gosh like that's not even healthy like everyone can clearly still see all my bad skin and it's completely stuck with me to this day that I have pretty clear skin now and even when I get one or two spots I've said this to him before I'm like oh my gosh my skin's so bad you do you yeah because you always say that you feel like you have quite bad skin and honestly like I've seen you with like two spots so obviously that's just like an insecurity which has stayed with you 100% and same goes for having acne on like other parts of your body like I again oh, used to get quite bad chest and my back and I feel like that was something that nobody ever really spoke about or vocalised and I would just always wear like really high cut tops because I was like nobody could ever see that but that is actually such a normal thing like so many people have that and I guess like one of the reasons we're having this conversation is to make you realise that you're not alone and you're not the only person that has these insecurities and do you know these are ways that we can tackle it together another thing that I actually am embarrassed to say this which is silly because it's what the whole podcast is about is like butt, butt, butt spots like people get that right see when you sit down and just <laughs> laugh <laughs> I didn't expect you to say that no I'm sorry I thought you were going to say hair almost and I was like wow okay I'm I'm nervous but like I get really sweaty ass like if I'm like doing a workout if I walk too quickly or whatever and then I sit down at work or wherever I am and my trousers will like rub and it's so easy it's kind of I guess like razor bumps but like on your butt I don't know you've probably okay, got really like, sensitive again, skin well, that's something nobody ever speaks about and I saw an Instagram post the other day and it was this girl posting like pictures of her bodies from different angles and like pointing out all the bits that like she sees as like being insecure but like everybody has and one of them was like bat pimples and I was like oh my gosh other people get these and it's normal and it's not just me I'm so, uh, yeah you go vocalizing the butt pimples <laughs> on you go girl I bet you, you get no butt pimples I, I, I can't I'm saying this I'm so embarrassed <laughs> don't be embarrassed don't be embarrassed no it's good to share these things and so well done for sharing charlotte um no i don't typically feel insecure about my skin but i do feel insecure about body hair and this is actually one of the things i'd say this is probably yeah i'd probably say this is my biggest insecurity it's definitely a thing that i feel um most self-conscious about and another statistic for you is that 99% of people could remember the first time that they were aware of an insecurity and where they were. And I have a couple of vivid memories related to body hair which have stuck with me, which I think have really um, like contributed to this insecurity. So I remember it was in primary school on the playground and I can't remember how old I was. It must have been like P3 or P4 or something. And I was playing with someone on a hula hoop. Like, we were holding opposite sides of the hula hoop and going round and round. And it was summer, so I just had, like, a short sleeve shirt on. And he was like, oh, my God, your arms are so hairy. And I was like, oh, no, because I fancied this boy as well. So that made it doubly sore. I was like, oh, my gosh, this boy fancies me. And he's basically saying that I have horrible hairy arms. 
and I went from then on I was like really conscious about it and I actually remember as well my sister rich because she's got hairy arms too saying that I had really hairy arms and this is at quite a young age as well so I had all these people telling me that I had hairy arms so I was like oh my goodness I've got really hairy arms and then from such a young age I started shaving them which is obviously just such a hard uptake upkeep to shave your arms yeah I remember so many people at school it was almost like in the sense of it was almost like a trend like everyone shaved their arms at one point like it was like a big really yeah at my school anyway oh well yeah I don't do that now. I do epilate them, but much less regularly because I kind of feel like whilst they are on the stereotypically hairier side, it's fine. It's something that I need to accept, but it's definitely something that I've like struggled with and I do still feel con- like self-conscious if I haven't epilated them in a while, like having my arms out. Definitely think my arms are my most self-conscious part. Another thing that I think nobody speaks about, and again, I'm feeling slightly embarrassed to say this, but this is the point in the podcast, it's openness and speaking through our insecurities, is um, nipple hair. Yes. Sorry, you might think it's too much information, but it's true and it's natural and you're not weird for having nipple hair. I actually googled this on the bus on the way home from work today and there was somebody sitting behind me (laughs) and I was like what percentage of people have nipple hair and I was like oh my god if somebody sees my phone it's gonna look so weird what was Um, the answer 40% of women in the UK have hairy nipples 40 40 I can't decide if that's more or less than I thought yeah well interesting because I thought like until relatively recently like you know that when you have conversations with your friends and you're like oh my gosh everyone has this that was kind of a later conversation because I feel like we're quite an open group of friends but no one really spoke about nipple hair until like two years ago so I really thought that it was just me, but literally like all of them basically said that they got they got hair nipples. So I'm kind of surprised it's only forty percent. But I guess in the scheme of things, it's quite hard, high. Well, maybe it's something that comes with like like age. No, it, I think it definitely I is. Hair nipples when I was younger. No, I think it definitely is. I feel like they've developed. <laughs> <laughs> I also feel like for me anyway. Obviously, have hair wherever you want. We're all about embracing the hair positivity movement. I don't know what to call it. Um, but for me, I don't like having a hairy bikini line. And I always get the worst razor bumps. And that's such a big insecurity for me. Again, I'm going hard at the weekend. I like dreading the thought of having to be in a bikini all the time and having hairy, razor bumpy, intimate area. And for me, like I've had it waxed before and it doesn't even make a difference like it's literally just the same like I still get razor bumps so again in this picture that I saw on Instagram that really made my life this girl also pointed out like most people get razor bumps most people like aren't super smooth I mean if you want to shave and you have super smooth skin then that's that's great but that's not everyone and that's totally okay yeah 100% and honestly it is such a high expectation for women to be a hair-free zone, a smooth zone, like, no, we should just all be able to embrace our hair. I feel like, like, one or two of my friends are so much more, like, confident in themselves in terms of, like, just letting their body hair be, which I so respect, because I think that that is, like, quite a hard point to get to in society, because I think now everybody just expects a smooth playing field. A smooth playing field. (laughs) Don't they? Oh my gosh, a body <laughs> <laughs> No, you are right though, I totally, I'm totally the same, I completely respect that and I hope to get to that 
that point one day. Okay, now moving from arm hair and butt spots into emotional intimacy. Another topic that we feel insecure about, but also extremely insecure about talking about. So we are making big moves here, people. Um, but again, this is a topic that like me and Charlotte spoken about a lot, and I've spoken a lot about with my friends recently as well. Like this seems to be the go-to topic because I think, I'm sorry, the go-to topic. No, genuinely, we've been thinking about this so much recently. Genuinely, because I think that we've all been quite worried, like within our own relationships, that there's something like wrong with us in a way because we've all kind of been feeling like we've got quite a low sex drive or to use the medical term libido and I think within society and especially kind of around people that are our age people are are a bit ashamed sometimes to discuss how they're feeling because culturally we put quite a lot of pressure on people especially people our age to want to have sex all the time or to be seen to be having sex all the time or like viewing a good and healthy relationship is one where you do have sex all the time and there is a big focus on what we should want and what's perceived as normal but when it comes to sex there really is no normal and when it comes to individual relationships there is no like right amount or whatever and in life it is so normal to go through stages where you're just not having sex that much because you're tired you know like you're working a lot you've got different routines you're maybe not feeling like your best self or anything like that and that's not anything that you should be ashamed about you just need to like accept that that's how how things are and if you're happy in that stage and your partner's happy in that stage then that's fine but if it's something that you're feeling like insecure about bodies wise then intimacy wise or something relationship wise then it is something that you should work on but just the fact that you're not having sex is like not is not a big deal always yeah and I also feel like obviously we've been having quite a lot of discussions about kind of low libido and low sex drive and stuff but the kind of flip side of that like the reverse and I think something that's obviously a problem culturally in our society is that women often worry about being perceived to have like too high a sex drive like oh if you're a girl and you have like a really high sex drive then you're going to be intimidating to a man or you're a slag like I remember at school like the girls that like slept with a lot of boys or like a uni or whatever were like slags and the boys were like lads like you'd see like lad player geezer yeah like like almost like positive connotations of sex with men who had a lot of sex whereas it would be kind of negative words used about women who had a lot of sex so I feel like that's another kind of emotional intimacy thing that you shouldn't feel insecure about because your sex drive is your sex drive it's personal everybody has different preferences drives desires and it's something that just definitely isn't spoken about enough and we need to move away from this kind of stereotyping of men and women and fitting them into those boxes yeah 100 percent. it is completely true of the converse as well um really dropped in all the instagram accounts today but there's this instagram account that i follow called move with tara and she's so cool she I don't know if she's living in like she's definitely living in Ibiza I don't know where she's from I feel like she's maybe Canadian and she seems to have been in Ibiza for bloody ages and she has this Instagram page where she talks about so many different issues Um, she's a self-proclaimed feminist who does tricks on a pole in eight inch heels so she takes these videos of her usually dancing on a pole she's an insane pole dancer like she must be 
so strong in it. She takes Kill's videos and then she puts messages over her videos about feminism, like societal expectations of women. Um, she talks a lot about women and the kind of expectation that we should have children. Um, she's definitely not interested in having children and she speaks about that in a really like, impactful way. Um, and she primarily speaks a lot about women's sexuality and how unequal sex can be and the orgasm gap between men and women and how women are expected to have a lower sex drive and when they have a higher sex drive they're viewed to be like promiscuous or a bit wild as you were kind of saying or when they have a lower sex drive or seem to be like a little bit less interested in sex it doesn't always necessarily mean that it's because they don't want to have sex it's about whether their needs are being met or the role that women play in sex in general I feel like I'm not explaining it very well but her page is so informative and she's so cool and I just would highly recommend that you follow her I honestly feel like every single video I watch I I learn more and I just become more worldly is how I feel she's cool um, but yeah, that was a very good point, Charlotte. Okay, so moving to our final insecurity of the evening. It is the brain. Now, I don't know how to phrase that better, but this is probably my biggest insecurity and I'm not really sure where it has stemmed from exactly. But I do think that growing up, being the youngest, I think sometimes being in certain conversations, I often felt aware that like my knowledge was lacking in certain areas. But I'm not necessarily the youngest by a significant number of years to the extent that like that would explain why I didn't know things about certain topics, if that makes sense. Um so like I, I feel like there's a lot of conversations about politics and like current affairs and stuff like that around my dinner table or where when all my family would come together and I would definitely feel like that is like not my strongest area and I feel like these topics are kind of considered like quote-unquote worthwhile or like smart topics and I would always feel quite self-conscious about the fact that I felt like I couldn't contribute towards these com- conversations and it is like these are to an extent still a bit of a weak spot for me but especially in terms of like procedures if that makes sense like I do read the news now and I keep up with current affairs but I feel like I still don't know like the procedures with elections very well and like the inner workings of the parliament and stuff like that like I still feel like I don't really understand those types of things and I feel like a lot of people around me do and I do still feel self-conscious about that sometimes. It's what you know you mean like I have a smart group of people that I'm working with just now and on like our team calls they're always speaking about like updates from the news about random things like ferries or trains or yeah like parliamentary elections and stuff and I just sit there like I I just I don't know I don't know what's going on and you do you feel so small I feel like I shrivel into myself and I feel so stupid and it makes me feel really insecure too so I totally understand where you come from yeah I remember it was one Christmas um I think we must have been in second year at uni so not even that that young and everyone's having this heated debate about I can't even remember what the political topic was but I was sitting there and I was like oh my god I feel like absolutely mortified and that evening I was like I'm gonna make a vow that I learn basically and I got myself a newspaper subscription and I do really it's the same like online newspaper subscription that I have now and I do enjoy reading it I do enjoy keeping up with the news but now I'm kind of looking at it from the angle that you can't know loads about every topic and I think as long as you're keeping up to date about the things that are important because I do think that an awareness of what's going on in the world is really important but it doesn't necessarily mean that you need to be an expert on 
how parliamentary elections work or the inner workings of the government because frankly I'm not interested enough in like those aspects to spend my time and energy into it and like I'm going to know stuff about different topics that they don't know it's just not my expert subject but I think it's so easy if you're at a dinner party or if you're at an event and everyone's talking about a topic and you don't know anything about it to just really like question your knowledge but I guess it's all about perspective and what the topic is really. 100% and as you said like there's actually just not physically enough time to learn all that stuff like I don't have time to read the newspaper back to front to figure out what's going on every day so obviously I'm not going to know loads about all these topics I'm lucky if I even read one bit of the newspaper every day to be honest um but I do actually think that what you said about a subscription is a good idea if you do feel like insecure about that kind of stuff even to just read like the headlines is sometimes quite helpful I just listened to James O'Brien now who I really enjoy but he's on the radio like almost every single day so even that is hard to keep up with um but talking about feeling self-conscious about your intelligence I cannot even tell you today how embarrassing my day was I was literally like Charlotte I, like, I can't tell you about this until we're on the podcast because I frankly might die so basically long story short I was born in the states so I have some tax responsibilities in the US that I need to finally get my head out of the sand and deal with so I set up a call with a US lawyer this was the first meeting that we had today and he was really nice but like we were it was at the end of my working day like my brain was just dead he was talking for quite a while and like going off on like various tangents about different topics and it wasn't all legal and I was just like oh my gosh like feeling myself like kind of zoning out and then he came back and he was like talking about oh you need to think about tax and this aspect and this aspect and this aspect and then he was asking all these different questions and then he was like do you pay tax and you know that way when someone asks like this is just actually so embarrassing you know that way when someone asks you a question you 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 assume that there's not an obvious answer okay obviously I pay fucking tax he said do you pay tax I said no I was like no 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 I said I said no I I was like no um I I think I'm just at the threshold like I'm not I'm not above the threshold can I just say I've done a tax and succession seat I even know off the top of my head that the personal allowance is twelve thousand five hundred and seventy pounds above which you pay tax here's me no 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 like I definitely don't pay tax and he was like oh that's funny like I would have really thought that you would be paying tax. And I was like, oh, so interesting you'd say that because me and my colleague were discussing this the other day and I thought, oh, you should pay tax. And he said, oh, you shouldn't pay tax. And we were talking about um, when you start paying back your student loan. So see, when he was speaking to me about tax the whole time, all I had in my head was about whether I paid back my student loan or not. And I kept bashing on about the fact that I didn't pay tax. And he was literally just looking at me like, what and he started off the phone call being like oh it'd be good to retain your citizenship because you know solicitors um like play a useful role basically being like you must be like fairly smart to be a solicitor so he started off and I was like I'm feeling good about myself yeah and then I literally told him that I'd done a tax on succession seat and said that I didn't pay tax on my salary. It was so much. Did you eventually establish that you did pay tax? Well, the conversation moved on. And then you know that way when something dawns on you, I was it like, clicks. oh my oh. God. And I could feel my face go like bright red. And I was like, sorry, just going back to the previous thing. Um, I am well aware that I pay tax. 
I pay tax and he was like pissing himself laughing and I was like this is actually so embarrassing and I was trying to explain that I just had a conversation about paying back my student oh it was so bad and now I never want to speak to him again but I have to but I was like I was getting on at myself so much obviously that is so embarrassing like there's no way around it that is mortifying but I came back and told Sean he was like it's fine you know you pay tax that's what you need to focus on that's what I was gonna say that that was just a mistake. You, uh, you know you pay tax. You know you pay tax. It was just it was just ridiculous. But yeah, many many a self conscious thing about about the brain. But it is so easy to get yourself into those situations. So like, I am totally one for like saying like quite silly things in front of Louis' family, for example. And they're all like mega smart, like all straight Asians, like first class UAP. Like they're just all really smart. And I, like, I'm not saying that I'm stupid, but, like, whenever I'm around them, I just feel stupid and I make stupid comments. And, like, I don't, I look, to be fair, I find it funny, so, like, I don't want them to think that I'm, like, crying about this in my bed at night and stuff. But they often say, like, stupid things and then they'll be like, oh, that was a Charlotte comment. And sometimes I'm like, excuse me. And, like, inadvertently, like, it probably does make me feel quite insecure because I actually remember when I was like little not little it's like probably like 12 or something at school we did this like big project on like the sea animals or something and i don't know somebody asked some question about whales and i um i got the question right and then somebody else got it wrong and they were like oh i can't believe you got that wrong like even charlotte knew that <gasps> and it was like fuck off like how could you be so rude but like that was obviously when i was at like quite a young age so then i completely undermined myself since then and like right okay well i'm obviously like the bottom of other people's pecking order and I guess that then goes back to your point that you said kind of near the start of the podcast that you do take on what other people say and they do those things do make you feel insecure and that's definitely part of my brain smartness insecurities my perception that other people perceive me as being a bit dim it's actually interesting when you like go back through life and you pick out these moments that have like really largely contributed to the insecurity that you have now because they're for each one like we can think of like a key a key story that has contributed to how we feel and the thing is like in most of these situations this is what you were saying to me earlier for them it'll be a passing comment and something that they don't even dwell on or think of as important or like really think about at all but but we can let it impact how we view ourselves so much yeah, and I think an important thing to take away from that as well is kind of to be on the reverse side of that. Like, if you're speaking to someone about a topic that they don't necessarily know very much about or they don't understand, to, like, make sure you take your time to explain it or, like, acknowledge that they don't understand it and don't make them feel stupid and don't be rude about the fact that they don't get it because it's if it was you on the other shoe of the foot, what's it? Other foot, just on the other foot. If the shoe on were the on the other foot. If the shoe is on the other foot, then that could be making you insecure. So make a conscious effort to make sure that other people don't feel insecure in those kind of situations. Yeah, definitely. I always try and think about that because sometimes I feel like it's almost easy to be like, oh my God, do you not know that? When in yeah, reality, 100%. Like, there's... That's what I mean. Like, definitely make jokes like, oh, haha, like that was a Charlotte comment. Like, because it's like, I guess sometimes like you're like, oh, that is funny. But if I don't understand what you're talking about, I would actually more just appreciate that you explain it to me so that I can know for the future you know yeah 100% I think we should definitely all be aware of the things we're saying and the way we say them because clearly they have a big impact on the way that other people feel so yeah 
And have faith in your own abilities, people, because faith in yourself is the most important. So bringing this rambling session of rambleness, it was actually funny, Charlotte was like, I feel like I'm speaking like I do in interviews when I just say things and they don't make sense. <laughs> so I'm hoping that it, that it hasn't been like that because that's kind of how I feel too. But the point is that it's supposed to be conversation about insecurities and bringing them to light. So hopefully you guys have had some sort of benefit from this. And that's brought us to the end of the podcast. So Charlotte's going to give us our quote, which is... Our quote is about raising other people up. Is that right? Raising? Raising other people up. (laughs) And it is build someone up, put their insecurities to sleep, remind them that they're worthy, tell them they're incredible, be a light in an often too dim world. And that is what we're here for helping other people eradicate their insecurities, helping ourselves eradicate our insecurities, growth, personal growth, (laughs) perseverance, positivity, what other adjectives can I think of? I'm not (laughs) sure. But yeah, as Antonia said, I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode and our ramble, and we hope that you join us again next week. Bye. Bye!